The Mac Attack podcast is sponsored in part by FAMS Printing, your source for screen printing and embroidered apparel. From school teams to businesses big and small, FAMS Printing does it all. FAMS can even set you up with your very own web store. Visit our website at www.famsprinting.com and ask how they can give your next order the primo stamp of approval. I'm Zach Clark. And I'm Zach Hayes. This is your home for the most competitive football in the state of Michigan. This is your home for the most comprehensive coverage week in and week out. This is the Mac Attack Podcast with Zach and Zach. This is the Mac Attack Podcast with Zach and Zach. Week one is in the books, and we're sitting here at Saturday. Finally, Zach, football. We saw a bunch of it over the last couple days. We talked about everything that was leading up to it, and now we're going to talk about what actually happened as uh, these preps hit the football field and kicked off 2019 for Macomb County. The Mac Red basking in the glory. Let's get the scores here quickly before we get in depth. Eisenhower loses 7 nothing to Brother Rice. State champs Chippewa Valley have now won 15 in a row. They beat Celine 35-21. Orchard Lake St. Mary's defeats Dakota 28-14. Ann Arbor Pioneer at the buzzer, 13-7 over Anchor Bay. Romeo dominated Oxford 40-14, and Stevenson finished off Temperance Bedford on the road 32-7. Four of those games, the first four I read, played on Thursday. Romeo and Stevenson played on Friday. So, Zach, the match starts off 3-3, three and three, and I got to tell you, Thursday was not kind to the Mac Red. Chippewa Valley wins in the Zenith Prep kickoff. Other than that, Ofer. If Thursday was a rough night for the Red, Friday was the redemption for the Red because two strong victories coming uh, out of Friday night's games for both Romeo and Stevenson. But I was surprised Thursday. You know, Me too. I, I was most mostly what surprised you the most. It was the Dakota game. Me too. It was it was Dakota losing at home for their season opener. Yeah, they were they were playing a good team. Yeah, uh, out of the Catholic lead, Orchard Lake St. Mary's, but. You, we expected more from this team. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we talk to Greg Bauer, and, and the goal is not going to change, the things that Dakota wants to do is not going to change because they lost on Thursday, but this team had high expectations coming in, and they can still maintain those high expectations. The season is far from over, but I expected them to come out with a more balanced, a more polished attack. Zach, I thought they'd come out a little more charged. And I'm not saying that they're lazy, but they just seemed a little flat, and it just surprises me at home to open the season. I mean, look, you go through camp, and all you do is hit your teammates over and over and over and over again. You're hitting the same kids. It's the same thing. And finally, you get a chance to pop somebody else wearing a different colored jersey. It was not the result that I expected. And again, the season is far from over. I just... Dakota needed to get off to a better start, and I thought they would get off to a better start, but, you know, I was wrong. We can't ignore the uh, the, the elephant in the room, the, the five interceptions thrown by Drosky. Zach Drosky. A real tough way for this first-year starting quarterback to get the season moving here. So, you know, just the, the mental aspect of, of that is going to weigh on him a little bit, you know. From my perspective, he can take this one of two ways. He's either going to learn from it and grow or he's going to get down on himself and we're going to we're going to see a, a player who struggles for the next few games to find his way around the field. But I, I hope for his sake that he understands that, hey, this kind of stuff happens. You can't look at anybody and say they've never had a game like that. It happens to everyone. So good to get it out of the way. First game of the season. But 
it does set the tone for what's to come, unfortunately. So he's going to have to overcome that a little bit and regain the trust in his in, in his teammates and, and his position as starting quarterback. This may not be the best example, but what it reminds me of, and for you Lions fans, we always have to shudder a little bit, but if you remember the opening in last season, Sam Darnold, he threw an interception his first pass in the NFL. I thought the Lions were going to win that game. It was great. And then what happened? He lit up the Lions. They got smoked. And so my question is for Drosky, that example with Sam Darnold was inside of one game, but can can Drosky turn the corner like that? And I'm glad you said what you did. This is going to be for everybody, you and I included. We're going to learn a lot about Dakota right now. Right now. That's a tough loss. How do they respond? What do we see next week when they go to Frazier? How do they take that loss? What do they turn it into? Does it become something that they wallow in? I doubt it. Something from which they learn? I think so. Got to be much better going forward. Well, they did. luckily for them, what they have coming up in Frazier, Anchor Bay, and Stevenson, that's about as easy as their the rest of their schedule is going to get. So, but, I mean, it's murderer's row after that, so you, exactly. you got to soak so, it up while you can. So they, they need to come away with three wins, basically, because if they're looking for a win after that, it's going to be much tougher to come across. I mean, after that, they've got Chippewa Valley, and I think we all know, especially after watching them perform Thursday, how impressive that team is. You know, they're, they look they're, excellent. they're, uh, I think anybody who may have had doubts and said, okay, this is a team that won you. last year. I watched them practice. Like, what did I say? I watched. You, you said this is, this is a team that's, that's ready to hit the football now field. Now I'm they're, convinced they're the best in the Mac Red. At least at this point, it's, they won impressively, you know, against a team who kind of gave them a run for their money last year in the opening game. Celine went to the semifinals last year. They were 11 and 2. I mean, th- this is not a flyover game for Chippewa Valley. I mean, Zach, the state champs have won 15 games in a row. And if you're Chippewa Valley right now, your goal was to make sure that there was no hangover or overlap or bleed through whatever term you want to use from last year that you can't you can't walk into that game at Wayne State and say the champs are here move and yeah. they didn't do that no instead no. they said Chippewa Valley is here move yeah they held their ground and they were they proved it on the field instead of through just talking about it I mean this was somebody this was a team that you know there is no state champion right now no no but there's a defending state champion but, but, that, but no 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 that's my point though is that that doesn't matter. And one of the things you and I talked about is could this team separate themselves from what happened last year and be independently successful? And this is the way you start to do that. Yeah, they definitely showed that they're a solid team and that we should expect big things from them moving forward. And that's kind of what that first game of the season allows you to do. You're putting your stamp on, all right, look out. We're either here to play or uh, we need a little bit of work still. Well, and that's exactly what we talked about with. Chippewa Valley is they wanted that test. They wanted it right away. They wanted to learn who they were as quickly as possible and what they had to fix. And they were able to do that. And Dakota too, right? Now Dakota knows, well, must be cleaner on offense. Got to hold a little more on defense. So losing or winning that opening game is either terrible if you lose, great if you win, But to me, what's most important is where do you go 
in week two. If you're Chippewa Valley, how do you take, or if you're Romeo or if you're Stevenson, how do you take that win and move forward with it? And if you're Eisenhower or Dakota or Anchor Bay, how do you take that loss and say, okay, here's what went wrong. Here's how we can fix it. Here's what we did right. Here's how to maintain that. Doing all those preview episodes was great, but Zach, now we have tangible things that we can look at and say, here's what needs to change. Here's what needs to stay as opposed to here's what we think needs to happen. It makes a big difference. Once you actually start seeing them out on the field and you have something to back up those predictions, you know, I went back and I listened to some of what we were talking about in our opening Didn't preview episode. did we sound episode. great? Oh, man. <laughs> the, the, hey, you know what? Hats off to you for the, the editing. And we at least got that part right. But <laughs> here's the thing. It's a whole different story after week one. You yes. know, not everything holds true. There's some things we didn't know that now it sheds some light on it. you don't and, know, now you know. <laughs> now, my thing is, though, those wins in week one, I don't care what anybody says. You've got momentum. You've got confidence. It's a lot easier to roll into week two with a win under your belt than the uh, than the loss. So that's where and, and I, I feel for a team like Anchor Bay, oh, who so, no. so close to that opening win. And remember, this was the game last year against... Anna Repiner got their revenge. Exactly. They they came off. It was the story about you Anchor know the Bay's field goal at the end. Their, Anchor Bay's kicker is on the soccer team. He gets off the bus in Ann Arbor at halftime. He comes out at the end last year, kicks a game-winning field goal. This year, Anna Repiner on the road, marches the length of the field, scores with no time left. And for a team that went three and six last year, this this was huge for them. And to and and that's where it they're starting where they left off. Yeah, it's you wanted a win for Anchor Bay there. They needed that, and they just didn't get it. They didn't get it. They didn't hold at the end, and and unfortunately, they ended up with a loss against the Pioneers. Man. The Ann Arbor Pioneer Pioneers. One one of the all-time great high school nicknames. But yeah, Zach, that one, you said it. The way that they ended the season last year, and they won their last game of the year, but you you finish three and six, and, and we talked about it in the preview. Those kids worked their asses off. They have been working all summer long. They're in the weight room. They're on the practice field, and they're at home, and they are winning until the last play of the game. So, you know, I think for them, that's that might be one of the tougher losses that they get at the end just because of how close it was and how how it did come down to the wire. But let's be honest, this is a team that knows defeat. I mean, so so when you say I didn't think can, of it that can, way. Can they bounce back from this? Sure, because I mean their expectations aren't as high as a team like Dakota or Eisenhower. No. So there's a little bit more of of a path forward, I think, for Anchor Bay. I just worry you're absolutely right, but I just I worry that these kids they work really hard and they're not dumb, not even close. These kids are smart. I don't want for them to believe that the work that they've done and I, it's only week one, so I don't think this is a, a real issue. But I don't want them to think no matter what we do, we can't win, and that's going to be on Mike Powell 
and his staff, and they've got a great attitude. One of the things that I heard when I went to practice and I got to sit on Mike Powell's golf cart and chat for 20 minutes. It was you, great. Love, you love that interview. It was the best interview ever. I heard the word enthusiasm over and over and over again. And so, Zach, I expect that you know if they're back on Saturday watching film or whatever, that that's going to be the key for them is that enthusiasm has to stay. There are eight games left. They have all kinds of time to make that loss go away. Right, exactly. I, I agree with you. And it's kind of like the, the, the Drosky situation where you got a player that might be down on himself. Now you got a whole team that's kind of down on themselves. So the good thing about football is, you know, you always got next week. What you did last week doesn't matter because it's a new opponent. So let's see what they can do. Let's see how they bounce back from a hard loss. So it'll be interesting to see who do they got next week. Port Huron. Port Huron next week. So winnable, winnable game? Winnable game. One team we haven't talked about yet who I thought looked good on Friday. Well, I didn't think they looked good on Friday. They did look good on Friday. Was Sterling Heights-Stevenson on the road at Temperance Bedford, and they roll 32-7. That's an impressive win. I thought that they looked really good offensively, defensively. We talked about the way this defense was going to play. Justin Newcomb was excited. And you know who else's defense played really well was Eisenhower's. Brother Rice scored a touchdown in the first quarter and was blanked from there. The only problem was Brother Rice's defense was even better, and Eisenhower never found the end zone. I mean, losing 7 nothing is difficult. It's like in baseball as a pitcher, you know, you go out there and you pitch seven innings, you give up one home run in the third, but then you take the loss because your team doesn't score at all. You lose one nothing. Those are hard. To- and that's surprising too. If you go back and you listen to the preview episode we did, we, we, talked, uh, we heard from a coach. We didn't who talk was, about it. He said we, it. We, we, we heard, Smith said it. We heard from Coach Smith. Forget what we said. It's what the coach said. And there was confidence in his offense. So I We were excited for the Eisenhower offense to take the field. And when you go and put up a goose egg that first game against a a defense that it's it's a solid defense. Tough playing against Catholic League. I mean, we saw that, but this wasn't one of the games I really got to get in depth on. So I'm not sure, you know, how many of these were were how how many times did I get into the red zone? Did they march down? The, did did they make it? Was it just they weren't producing at all? Eisenhower was unable to gain any offensive momentum. Right, they just couldn't string it together. We saw that Friday night. I was out at Romeo against Oxford, and Oxford could get nothing going. Anytime they had one big play, Romeo would shut them down from there, and that's what happened to Eisenhower. They just couldn't string it together. And, you know, it's funny. I was going to say, Zach, that, you know, one big play or two big plays is enough to win a game. But in this one, oddly enough. Apparently not. Well, but in this one, it would have been. All you needed was one, one touchdown. Brother Rice only scored once. All you needed was the same, and they just it didn't happen. And so we're going to find out next week or in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks from both teams. You know, as Brother Rice goes throughout the season, as Eisenhower does too, we're going to learn if what we saw was just incredibly suffocating defense or if what we saw was a lethargic offense or if what we saw was a combination of the two things. We don't know that yet because, again, you you said it earlier that we have all this information now because we saw a game, but we still only have seen one. The sample size is small, and so we just don't know yet. 
You touched on the uh, the Romeo and Oxford game at Barnabo Stadium. The the Romeo Bulldogs. They weren't the Romeo Bulldogs. Peachman. They were the they were the Romeo Peachmen. And for those that don't know, that's a nod to uh, yesteryears when uh, yesteryear a hundred <laughs> yesteryears ago on this uh, historical Peach Festival Peach weekend. Festival weekend that, out so there was a it was an interesting uh, uniform to see. They looked very old school, and and the Peachmen should have worn leather helmets. <laughs> I, I think that would have been against, against MHSAA rules. Uh, <laughs> they should have painted the helmets brown then. Okay, that could have been an option. But <laughs> cool nonetheless. They opened yeah. the season. Uh, oh, they look great. And just dominated Oxford, a game that was close last year. Romeo lost. There were some predictions out there, and making predictions to start the season is so difficult, so I don't hold this against anybody. but Especially in high school football. Uh, it's I mean. so difficult. But there were some predictions out there that had Oxford winning that game and so I went in thinking that Romeo would have more of a challenge. And I'll tell you what, you know, we've talked about this being the year of the offensive line. And Romeo's offensive line last night, I was at Barnabo, it was so good. The running backs, and Romeo was using like five different running backs. They had holes everywhere. And Romeo was able to dominate and control time of possession because they're able to run the football. And their defense was suffocating, too. I mean, I saw two things from Romeo last night. One, incredible offensive line work. And two, defensively, they're the fastest one to the edge. And and those two things will win you more football games than not. A tip of the hat to Coach Rhinus. I mean, that's the coaching move right there. You know, moving those players in and out, being versatile, being able to pound the ball like that. He's got 17 years experience. This is, is it, right? 17? Yeah. And, but Zach, Kurt Rhinus has been there forever. And Kurt Rhinus played at Romeo in the 90s, right? I mean, Kurt Rhinus is one of the more familiar faces in Romeo football the last 25 years or 30 years. This is not a criticism of him at all, but there was a question because Kurt has been there for a long time, but for a long time, Romeo had this thing, and I swear the first time I heard it, I thought it was the dumbest thing I had ever heard. Who has two head coaches? It, <laughs> it the, was not common. It, it was not common. It is the stupidest thing I had ever heard, and then, you know, Romeo spent in the playoffs 15 times in a row. They won a state title. It ended up working out to a degree that when you think about it, I mean, when you think about it, it seems impossible. How does that work? You know but what? It did. It did. And, you know, maybe maybe that's a testament to the, the confidence that those two coaches had in one another, you know, and they, they both filled a, a, a role. And now now that Jason Couch has moved on to Alma College for his uh, head coaching career. Rocking the kilt. Props. Very cool. Very cool. Now it's Kurt's team. And he's proven himself the last right. two years or the last year. And I don't doubt him. It just you didn't know what this team was going to look like when you made this change. I mean, you had two head coaches. Now you have one, which makes to me a lot more sense. But it worked. I'm not criticizing the way that it was structured. But the question was, what is this team going to look like with Kurt Reynolds at the helm alone? Last year, they were good. It wasn't up to Romeo's recent standards. But... Great start now, and they've got a nice foundation this season to continue moving forward. I mean, that was a really impressive performance. Well, even you had talked about how you know you go you go to Barnabo Stadium, and and you've got the student section, the dog it was, pound. It was loud. It, it, it was they loud. were they were out in full force, and that's going to be what's interesting to see as we continue to go to more of these games and see what's the fan base like because it you was know, packed at, at Barnabo. It, it, it was. It, you're talking a holiday weekend too. And Oxford you know? showed up. Their student section was there across the way and the attendance I wasn't there but the attendance looked pretty solid uh, at Wayne State for the Zenith kickoff classic Thursday they played it on Friday too but the Mac was involved 
on Thursday. And yeah, I mean, it was great, Zach. It was a beautiful evening on Friday. The band, the sun was shining. At halftime, the sun sets. The Friday night lights were out. It, it was just great to be out at Mac Red football. And, you know, it was an interesting start. I, I didn't see it starting this way. And so, Zach, now... There were definitely some surprises. Yes, w- without question. I mean, w- the biggest surprise, I mean, I, I think to me it has to be Dakota. Though... You know, Anchor Bay looked like they were going to win that game to the last play, but I don't want to say I expected more out of Dakota. I just, what happened was not what I expected. This is a senior-laden team. Chippewa Valley is too, but Dakota has a bunch of seniors. I just expected sharper edges. Well, and that kind of will lead into what you and I discussed earlier. We're going to do a little teaser during the week. We're going to come out with some power rankings for the Mac Wednesday. Red. So look forward to that on Wednesday. And that will give you guys a better idea of how we think it's shaping up, and we'll do that week to week as our our midweek show in addition to these Saturday wrap-ups that we're bringing to you. Zach, I'll I'll throw it to you first. Just final thoughts as we look back on week one. I mean, big takeaways. When you're driving home, what are you thinking about? Besides the leftover pizza in the fridge, um, when I'm driving home... I've got pizza (laughs) in the fridge too. I'm thinking about a Dakota team that needs a win. I'm looking at a, a Chippewa Valley team that, in a row. that is is on a hot streak right now. And I'm thinking about a Romeo team that might surprise a lot of people this year. I think that I, I really see them moving up in the ranks. So I'm excited to see what happens out of those three teams, especially in week two. Not to mention, I don't think we've seen Ike perform yet i think we need to see the real ike team in full swing and that's going to be a huge takeaway so gosh week one i I, it's it's exciting it was it was a great way to kick things off because expect the unexpected right Right. well and i'll piggyback off what you said and i'll talk about the other three teams what i'm thinking about what does eisenhower do how do they respond after losing to brother rice seven nothing Anchor Bay, what's practice going to be like this week? Do they have that enthusiasm that I kept hearing about even after, I mean, that just heart-shattering loss at home on the last play of the game to Ann Arbor Pioneer? And for Stevenson, offensively, defensively, they were everything that Justin Newcomb told us they were going to be. Giovanni Elhadi was excellent. Does that continue? Is Stevenson going to challenge? You know, we kind of had this two-tiered system, Zach, where you have – Chippewa Valley, well, maybe even three tiers. You have Chippewa Valley, and then you have Dakota Romeo Eisenhower, and then you have Stevenson and Anchor Bay. Can Stevenson inch themselves closer to being in that next group up? And the way they started, it would seem to be the answer is yes. I know nothing about Temperance Bedford. I do know they have a new head coach. That was a game we talked about that they had to win, and they did it nicely. Where we go from here, that's the best part. Where we go from here is Wednesday, and you listen again, and we'll tell you what's going to happen on Friday. Zach, it's been a lot of fun. Remember, MacAttackPodcast.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, back in your feed on Wednesday. Thanks for listening to the Mac Attack Podcast with Zach and Zach. For more, visit MacAttackPodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MacAttackPod. And don't forget to like the Mac Attack with Zach and Zach on Facebook. The Mac Attack Podcast is sponsored in part by FAMS Printing, your source for screen printing and embroidered apparel. From school teams to businesses big and small, FAMS Printing does it all. FAMS can even set you up with your very own web store. Visit our website at www.famsprinting.com and ask how they can give your next order the primo stamp of approval.